0: The legislation on cannabis, the cannabis plant, that cannabis stops the growth of cancer to Marijuana it. Marijuana is still a Schedule One drug. Many try. attempts have been made to move cannabis out of Schedule One, and they always fail. A plant that's very easy to grow suddenly becomes something that's worth thousands and thousands. of We thousands have to dollars. talk about this. We have to beat the drum because I don't think other people really are. I hope that someone can actually keep educating people about this. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Thanks for tuning in for another new episode of Can We Talk. Super happy to be back again. Um, Again, just a reminder, we're streaming on multiple platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm, just to mention a few. We've also been able to get on some new platforms, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. Super excited to be on those new platforms. And also, we got the YouTube channel coming at you guys. Uh, We got the video recording, bam, bam. And, you know, we're really trying to get that rolling. Uh, it's been really hard. A lot of the stuff I do myself, um, I edit the videos. I, I try to put in cool graphics and all these different things to it. So it, it's taking a little time. Um, so, But I will have those for you guys soon. Uh, I just definitely want to make it wait, worth the wait and wait, worth the watch. So uh, just keep a lookout for that. Um, today I'm just going to kind of go over some, uh, some stuff I, I discovered over the past couple weeks. Well, not necessarily discovered. I looked into... Um, and that's the medical benefits, the medical aspects of cannabis. Um, for years, they've talked about how cannabis is beneficial for different things like autism, cancer, depression, anxiety, um, Alzheimer's, um, so many different things that it's been used for. Uh, so I kind of want to take a time, uh, take some time today, and just dive into those different, different uh, studies and different things that have been going on with cannabis related to. Health and and how cannabis can be beneficial to to you rather than using certain types of opioids or drugs, um, and yeah, let's just dive right into it. Uh, so first off, a new published study further discredits the theory that cannabis is a gateway drug. Um, I've been saying it for years. Cannabis is uh, has not is not a gateway drug. I've been smoking cannabis for at least 16 years now, um, I can personally say that it it has not led me to do other things or other drugs, honestly. Um, I I know for a fact, too, that there is studies out there that have said that cannabis has actually been an exit drug and has have actually helped people get off of these hard drugs, whether it be pills, pharmaceuticals, um, heroin, crack, uh all these other difficult, hard drugs to get it off. Cannabis has been able to aid people in getting off Oh, alcohol. People have been able to quit drinking because of uh, cannabis. So uh, the theory that it was a gateway drug has far been discredited for so long. But uh, there was this study that focused on Colorado and Washington, two states that have been legalized uh, with recreational cannabis since 2012. Uh, the research was published in March uh, by the Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment. And then examined data on adolescents ages 12 through 17, emerging adults ages 18 to 18 through 20, and late emerging adults ages 21 to 24. The research concluded that recreational cannabis legalization in Colorado and Washington was not associated with the increase in adolescence or emerging adult substance use disorder treatment admissions for opioid, cocaine, and methamphetamines. Mm-hmm. So what that basically is saying is that there were less um, there were less adolescents or emerging adults that were admitted into these treatment centers for for abusing these drugs cocaine opioids and methamphetamines um, they believe that because cannabis has become widely accepted it's something easier to get your hands on when it's in a legal state it's you know it's not um, It's not looked at as bad. People are turning to that as something that helps them with whatever issues they are going through or whatever happens to be the reason they need to get that high. Um, Cannabis, and, you know, nowadays, you know, it's not like you're smoking uh, back in the day cannabis where that, where, you know, you're not going to be able to treat yourself as far as your medical condition, whether whatever you're going, you know, your depression anxiety you know those things are a lot more easily treatable with cannabis because of the advances in the science the strength and the strains um and all those other all those different things the turpin profiles that they create all these different things are able to help uh you know people that turn to these strong drugs for whatever reason you know what I mean uh you have to really look into somebody's personal life to really understand why they're abusing certain drugs you know what I mean some people just do it for, for no reason, for fun, but some people have a lot of trauma that they're trying to escape and deal with. Um, and nowadays, you know, people are turning to cannabis to, to help deal with that trauma. Um, and that's a really good thing. Uh, future studies should extend this research to other states for substances for for older adults and over long time periods and consider how the effects of the drug policy may differ across different jurisdictions. Different research published last year may also help uh encourage, uh, may also help with the concerns of parents concerned about the legalization means for their teenage children. The, teenage children. the study published in December by the Journal of Adolescent Health that the legalized cannabis use among adults does not result in a spike in use among teenagers. So just because uh, people are using more legal cannabis does not mean that uh, younger younger adults and teenagers are going to be forced to use that cannabis either. There actually has been no spike in that, uh, in these areas of Colorado and Washington, uh, due to the fact, and, uh, it's something that helps put parents' minds at ease, you know, so they're not constantly concerned their kids going to be finding their way to those, uh, to get the, to get that cannabis. Um, at the end of the day, we were all, you know, young teens at once. Um, you know, I started smoking at 14. Um, best advice is, uh, you know, if you don't want your kids smoking, to be open and honest with the kid about it, what it is, what it does, the benefits of it, the harms of it, uh, if there, you know, if you believe there's any, and then also, you know, the history of it, uh, what it, what it was before and what it's become now, is very important. Um, and you know, encourage encourage. I would encourage children to always go to, you know, talk to their parents about these things. You know, encourage your child to talk to you about, about cannabis, about drugs, about all these different things, you know what I mean? Don't be, you know, I love my mom to death, but when it came down to it, you know what I mean? She didn't understand why I was so much, you know, I was happy when I was smoking and doing all these different things. You know, she just kind of, you know, she saw, saw what everybody saw when it came to weed and cannabis, that it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. You know, it was, it was demonized. It was bad. You know, you can go to jail for it. It can kill you. It'll lead you to do other drugs, the gateway drug thing. You know, uh, and that's where, you know. Like I said, if she was, you know, if you're more open and stuff like that, you shouldn't have. You don't have to worry about your kid abusing drugs or abusing cannabis. You just gotta be there to talk to them about it. You know, educate them about it. They need to know about it. Don't hide them. Don't shelter them from it. Uh, yeah, just a little parent parental advice. When it comes to gateway drugs, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, gonna jump on to this next topic, and uh, it's honestly a very touchy one. Um, you know, I know a lot of friends and, and family members who deal with this, um, but they starting to say that uh, cannabis could be a better could be better for treating kids with autism than traditional medications. Um, this. Article. This is a good article that goes into depth about uh, some research uh, and some studies on a, a specific patient. Uh, let me just dive right in, and I'll talk and I'll go through this article, and we'll discuss it here. Um, so, autism is an increasingly common condition that can be difficult for parents, and and difficult to diagnose, um, and d- even more difficult for somebody. Uh, to live with, or a parent to live with a child, um, that's suffering through uh, with autism. Um, not just that the medications they offer they offer children are often impactful on a child's health. Um, we know that about most pharmaceuticals. Uh, most pharmaceuticals don't come without a warning or or some type of of disclaimer or to you know what to watch for if side, bad side effects happen. So many people with it find themselves suffering with weight fluctuations, explosive episodes, obsessive interests, repetitive behaviors, and poor social functions. It impacts nervous system, and the range of severity of symptoms can vary widely, uh, depending on a bunch of different factors. So now, a September 2020 case presentation published in the Journal of Medical Case Reports found that CBD may may be effective in treating autism. Previously, the 15-year-old patient who the study focused on stopped using traditional medication due to side effects, including upset stomach, suicidal ideations, alopealopealopecia—I can't say that word—alopecia, alopecia, tremors, and reflux, and a 28-pound weight gain in a year. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the highest, his mother reported the patient's overall anxiety at ten out of ten. Similarly, his social anxiety was reported a 10 out of 10. His aggressiveness was 6 out of 10, and his irritability severity at a 9 out of 10. His talkativeness was a 0 out of 10, and his concentration was a 4 out of 10. Additionally, he had been hostile to his family and to others. So after nine months of cannabis treatment, um, the mother reported his social anxiety and irritability saw a seven-point improvement. His aggressiveness saw a six-point improvement, and his talkativeness improved by four, and his focus improved by two points. The positive effects were still present a year and a half later. So that, so basically, he improved on all those aspects. Um, from his anxiety, on oh no, anxiety and irritability saw a seven-point decrease. So it went from a three out of t- it's a three out of ten now, with ten being the highest. Um, he, his aggressiveness went down from uh, a whole six points. So basically he lost all of all of his aggressiveness, which is amazing. Uh, his talkiveness improved by four points, which went up from zero to four, which is a very good a very good step forward for, for someone that you know for someone that has these issues and, and is unable to communicate, for them to start being able to communicate. And talk and and have conversation. That that's a very big step. Even if, like I said, it's it's a four out of ten, but that's something. That's a very big difference from zero. Um, and it, like I said, his focus improved by two, so it went from a four to six. So he's over half the halfway mark, which is a very good, very good um, indication that the CBD was having some very good effects on him. Um, and there was so there was also a new placebo controlled double blind trial published and Molecular Autism found that 49% of young patients given whole plant extract saw their disruptive behavior become either improved or much improved, while 21% of the patients given the placebo reported the same. This research was conducted on 150 autism patients between the ages of 5 and 21. More specifically, the mean age was 11.8 years old. The median age was 11.25 years, and 80% of participants were male. While 28% of the patients reported feeling sleepy and 25 reported decreased appetite while taking whole plant extracts, there were no serious adverse effects reported. Additionally, the trial found that the 45 participants who received pure ca- cannabinoids, 38% responded that their symptoms were either much or very much improved, which was not significantly higher than the placebo. With a condition as sensitive and difficult as autism, cannabis could be winning although centric ticket. While many autistic children suffer from weight gain and antipsychotic given to control their symptoms, the new research found that cannabis treatment was associated with a lower BMI, body mass index. That's what BMI is. For the moment, there are no established medications for the core autistic symptoms. And now that the trial has demonstrated for the first time in a placebo-controlled trial that cannabinoid treatment has the potential to decrease disruptive behavior associated with ASD, with accepti- with acceptable tolerability, it may be time to seriously discuss cannabis for kids. And personally, I couldn't agree more. I I truly think, um, you know, we're not talking about letting your kids get high, go you know go smoke a blunt in the back, letting your little kids smoke a blunt. We're talking about you know tinctures edibles. We're talking about CBD. We're not even talking about the psychoactive parts of the plant. We're talking about CBD. Uh, CBD is just as powerful at, if not more powerful when it comes to therapeutics and medicine than THC. Um, THC, I can see working on, on the benefits of anxiety, depression, um, mental, mental aspects, like I said, uh, PTSD, things like that. Um, CBD is more of a body thing uh also I feel um so you know I think I think it's personally you know I don't have kids uh, you know so I'm not one to 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 really speak on the matter but I like I said I know I have a lot of friends and family that deal with this situation uh that do have kids um and I'm sure they would much rather have an option like cannabinoids, uh, like CBD, then the options that they already give their kids, like pharmaceuticals and drugs. Um, some of the, some of the, some of the drugs that they give commonly for autism. Uh, I'm just gonna go in a couple of them, and I'm gonna kind of go into the, some of the side effects. Uh, so some antipsychotics they give is. Uh, Risperdal is one of them. That's uh, for irritability and psychosis. Main side effects are weight gain and hormone issues. Uh, another one is um, Abilify, A-B-I-L-I-F-Y. Um, side effects, nervousness, weight gain, drooling, and tremors. Uh, some antidepressants they give, some Prozac, Zoloft, Celexa, uh, Lavox, um, A lot of these cause anxiety, seizures, allergies, constipation, bleeding, drowsiness, nausea, allergies. Again, confusion. You know, uh, some others are uh, FXR and uh, Some Sorry, some of these are hard to pronounce. A-N-A-F-R-A-N-I-L. You know, dizziness, seizures, chest pain, anxiety, blurred vision, constipation, drowsiness. All these different, all these different drugs that they give to your kid, to give to our kids, you know, to give to us, some of you know, adults who have these issues. This is what they're giving them. Um, you know what I mean? A lot of these have a lot more side effects than they have benefits in the things that they treat. It's kind of sad. It's really, it's really sad. A lot, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the things, most of the issues are the, it's the stomach irritation, diarrhea, rashes, hives dry mouth fatigue weight gain weight gain is a big issue you know um so so most of these most of these drugs they have out there are just are, are causing more harm to the child than than good um, and it's sad because yeah nobody wants to see their child suffer and I don't want to see the child suffer I don't want to see adults suffer with this shit you know again yeah, it's it's definitely time to look into CBD and to cannabis into cannabinoids for kids i think so into cbd definitely a hundred percent uh and with more tests and more research i think you know th- those things will come to light and i hope they do um we honestly have to push for that sorry about that somebody's riding a motorcycle outside they're super loud uh <laughs> all right uh next we got we're gonna look at this alzheimer's disease uh we, uh, cannabis could beat Big farmer to an Alzheimer's cure. Alzheimer's cure. Here's what the research says. Increasing research on cannabinoids and their effects on the brain. Recent studies on mice have proven that both CBD and a combination of CBD and THC can help target the key issue in the brain that causes dementia and AD. A buildup of amyloid, amyloid, Plaques, amyloid beta plaques is what they're called. So uh, when when those things build up, those are the main things that cause, when those plaques build up, that's what uh, essentially causes Alzheimer's. The research shows that CBD reduces the plaque's ability to create inflammation, which in turn limits its toxic effect on our brain cells. Some studies even suggest that CBD can also reduce the concentrations of AB plaques uh, over time, both THC and particularly CBD are known as neuro- neuroprotective agents that hold the potential to slow or perhaps even halt the de- degenerative process. Dr. Ethan Russo is a world-renowned author, authority on, med- on the medical use of cannabis, an academic researcher, author, and industry leader who's expansive Expansive knowledge of cannabis therapeutic spans history, cultures, and is myriad applications for improved health and well-being. Russo also asserts that THC taken in on its own has proven beneficial in reducing night agitation, enabling people to stay asleep longer throughout the night, which improves the AD patient's quality of life and appetite. Perhaps most importantly for those suffering from AD, Dr. Russo states that it is definitely time to move the effort into this clinical area into the clinical area. If and or when that happens, the game potentially changes forever because non-synthetic pharmaceutical drugs, most of which have serious side effects, have ever have ever had any positive effect on AD. Doctor Russo says none have even made it into clinical phase. There are four FDA approved pharmaceutical to treat memory loss and AD, but all have mild benefits on a temporary basis, says Rousseau. These drugs are designed to increase the amount of acetylcholine. Acetylcholine, FAQ- Acety- that's a tough word. <laughs> the memory molecule, in the, it, that is just the memory molecule in the brain that becomes depleted in AD. Interestingly, the t- terpenoid alpha-pinin, is capable of boosting acetylcholine by inhibiting its breakdown with fewer side effects than the controversial than controversial drugs. And if I'm just gonna take a quick look, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like they said, there's not many. Uh, there are only about four approved pharmaceutical treatments for AD, and most of them have very little benefits. Uh, research has shown that cannabis is beneficial. Uh, So I think more studies, um, placebo studies, and different things of that nature need to be done with with the CBD, with the THC combination. They said apparently when they use both, they see uh, a better result from using both cannabinoids uh, rather than using one. And they help uh, block those amyloid uh, beta plaques that that build up and cause inflammation in the brain. Uh, So I think... We all know that we obviously already know that CBD helps with information. Um, So I think it's definitely something worth looking into, man. And I'm glad that's being talked about. Um, For a time, I believe my grandfather was going through some Alzheimer's. Uh, You know, he remembered most stuff, but he he doesn't remember everything. Um, It was tough. It's tough to see... uh, people go through that not being here to remember their loved ones or their friends or their family, um, or not being able to remember at all. Um, it really, it really sucks when that happens, especially to uh, someone close to you. So it's, it's good to see that they're working on, um, something that's a healthy, a healthy alternative medicine or treatment for something like Alzheimer's. Um, all right. Uh, Next, we're going into Parkinson's PD. Uh, Cannabis has been shown to relieve Parkinson's symptoms. Um, A recent survey found that patients experience relief of certain motor and non-motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease from using cannabis. The study published in Journal of Parkinson's Disease took place in Germany, which in 2017 approved medical cannabis as a therapy for patients with severe symptoms of Parkinson's disease um, when other therapies were unsuccessful and non-tolerable. Medical cannabis is eligible for reimbursement in these cases. The researchers conducted nationwide cross-sectional based surveys by embedding itself, developed questionnaire into an issue of German Parkinson's Association Journal from March 2019 and by distributing it to select patients who visited their movement disorder outpatient clinic from March 4th to April 21st, 2019 to control for report bias. The questionnaire contains 16 categories and 25 questions, with the latter focusing on the subject demographics, patients' knowledge about cannabis use in in um, Parkinson's disease, experience with cannabis use, the efficacy and tolerability of cannabis applications and users. Of the 24,000 distributed questionnaires, 1,126 were returned and 1,123, 4.7%, which included in the analysts were returned. Of the, of the 250 patients invited to take part in the survey, 225 returned the questionnaire, all of which were included in the analysts. In total, 1,348 participants were evaluated with a 54.7% being men, 52.2% being women, and 0.1% not answering. Most 83.3% were from nationwide survey and 225, 16.7%, were from the clinic. The mean age of all subjects was 71.6, 8.9 years, and the mean disease duration was 11.6, 7.2 years. Cannabis users made up 15% of the participants in which 139 were regular, regular users, 32.2% were occasional users, and 426 had tried it once, 11.4% did not answer, users on average were 5.6 years younger than non-users, 54% reportedly experienced a clinic benefit from medical cannabis. This is a typical report by more frequent users than occasional and one-time users, 79% versus 67% versus 25%. Additionally, 508 of users rated medical cannabis as more beneficial than lev- levodopa, dopamine, agonist at improving uh, Parkinson's disease symptoms and 23% rated medical cannabis to be equal in effectiveness. So they're saying, some people are saying it's better, more beneficial than the the normal drugs they give. And then about 23% are saying it's just as effective. Uh, So either way, um, so to me that's about 73% of patients are saying it's beneficial um, or just as good. Um, So that's 73% that would probably be okay with using cannabis knowing that they're not getting all that other bullshit in their system that comes from pharmaceuticals and drugs and dopamines. And different things like that. Pain, forty three point nine percent, and muscle cramps, forty one point four percent, were the most commonly reported symptoms improved by cannabis use. Overall relief for nine motor symptoms such as, uh. Such as akinesia, and freezing, akinesia, and freezing, and non motor symptoms such as sleep disturbance depression, anxiety, and restless leg syndrome were reported by more than 20% of the users. So they experience relief in um, a lot of these um, motor symptoms and as well as these non-motor symptoms. They're able to sleep uh, through the night. They're able to deal with depression, anxiety. They're able to, um, you know, they don't get these uh, motor symptoms where they're freezing and not being able to properly uh do day-to-day functions. Uh so that th- those numbers are pretty good. Um also overall knowledge about MC legality re- was reported by 51.1% of participants. Per three, 28.3% of whom had knowledge of the ROA of cannabis such as an inhale, in inhale inhalation and liquid drops. Only 8.8% knew the difference between delta delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol and cannabidiol, cannabid, cannabid THC, and CBD, <laughs> for those that didn't know what those were. These numbers were higher among cannabis users, with 91% being aware of the legal status of medical cannabis and various ROAs. Cannabis users were also more likely to know the difference between THC and CBD than non-users, 49.6% versus 9.1%, uh, while 69.9% could specifically could, spe- could specify the type of cannabinoid they used, suggested that the knowledge about the substance they were using did not mean that they necessarily knew about the different clinical benefits of each type. Limitations of, of the study included a lower response rate, lack of information on what symptoms led patients to try the cannabis as a, a um, Parkinson's disease therapy, and a possible placebo effect. The, uh, the investigators said that further Control clinical study should investigate the efficiency, tolerability, and best ROA of medical cannabis therapy in patients, uh, in patients pediatric, uh, sorry, Parkinson's disease, in patients with, with Parkinson's disease, excuse me. By the way, ROA stands for routes of administrations. I know you heard me say that. Um, that's just a, a quick. I just kind of abbreviated the term. Um, but yeah. So. Parkinson's disease. There's there's been benefits. People are showing benefits out in Germany. Um, you know, I think I think it's time we start looking into some of these uh benefits, some of these studies ourselves. Uh, start conducting these studies ourselves here in America. I don't know why we've um haven't really looked into anything lately or yet. Um. Oh, I have a good reason why, but. Because America is so dependent on pharmaceuticals and drugs, uh, we don't know what the fuck we do without them. <laughs> um, but I definitely think that it's time to switch things up a little bit. Start looking into cannabis. Start doing more research with these with these studies. You know, these studies are out there. Why aren't we doing these studies? Why aren't they coming from from places here? Like it's mainly Israel. It's Europe. Uh, you know, it's these other countries that have success with these studies. Um, and we're doing nothing about it. So. Uh, That's unfortunate. But, hey, uh, hopefully, like the investigators said, uh, more studies, more research into these, to the efficiency of of CBD and THC with these diseases. I think that's something we really need to look into. All right. And last topic for our our current studies, current events, cannabis healing, cannabis curing. All right. Uh, We're looking at... um, Opioid deaths, all right? Areas with marijuana dispensaries are having fewer opioid deaths uh, in those areas. Uh, there's a new study that was published recently that, that backs it all up. Um, I've been saying this since 2017. Um, areas that with more dispensaries have less opioid abuse and opioid deaths, But anyway, some facts from this study right here. Uh, Increased access to marijuana dispensaries is associated with a significant reduction in opioid-related deaths, according to a new study. A paper published in the British Medical Association's journal, BMJ, holds for both medical and recreational dispensaries. Research looked at opioid mortalities and cannabis dispensary prevalence in 23 U.S. states from 2014 to 2018 and found that overall Counties with the number of legal dispensary shops increased from one to two. In counties where the number of legal dispensary shops, uh, legal cannabis shops increased from one to two, experienced a 17% reduction in opioid related fatalities. Increasing the dispensary count from two to three was linked to an additional 8.5% decrease in opioid deaths. Further, the study found that the trend appeared particularly strong for deaths associated with synthetic opioids from the from th- for synthetic opioids other than methadone with an estimated 21% reduction in mortality rates associated with an increase from one to two dispensaries. So basically what we have here is, just, is we see less opioid-related deaths because we're seeing people take less opioids. Um, as I mentioned about the gateway drugs earlier, um, cannabis is becoming an exit drug. It's helping people get off of these opioids. It's helping people get off the dope. It's helping people get off the crack. It's helping people get off all of the methamphetamines, off the pills. It's helping people get off this stuff. It's been doing it for a very long time, uh, and it's just the more we're able to put legal cannabis in the streets and give it to uh, and get legal cannabis. Uh, to people that need it most, put these dispensaries in locations that need them most, you you see those things start to change. You see things like that happen. You see crime go down, all right? Crime goes down in, in places where there's dispensaries. Why? Because you have an increased presence of security. You have an increased presence of, of police patrolling the area. You have an increased presence, uh, like I said, that you have security cameras. So there's security, you know, beyond security guards, security cameras, secu- you're a more secure location. So you're gonna see less crime happen in those areas. You're gonna see le- when you put the, the stronger can you put something with twenty percent THC, twenty to thirty percent THC in your dispensaries. Guess what? That will help somebody who's who's looking for looking to get high, you know, looking to get high. And, they, and guess what? They're not and they can't get their 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 opioids and things like that. Guess what? Come smoke some cannabis. This will do the trick for you. This is not your grandma's weed that didn't get you didn't take care of your problems that didn't take care of your depression, your anxiety. Or, or numb the, that pain. This cannabis right here, this cannabis is gonna help you, and not just that. It's it's comes from the earth, so this plant's gonna be beneficial to your body. All right, it's not these drugs and opioids that they're shoving down your throat for hundreds of years. Big farmer trying to kill us, trying not just kill us, control us, control us to the end of our days. Then we die, and then we're gone, and then they go and they do it to our children. You know, I don't think so. The evidence is there. 17% reduction in opioid fatalities from 14 to 18 in 23 different states when they had multiple dispensaries. If a county has multiple dispensaries, more than two, they see that type of reduction. They have three. They're going to see a 25.5% reduction in opioid-related deaths, all right? You're going to see a reduction in opioid-related use, not just deaths. You're going to see a reduction in opioid-related visits to the hospital in general, that's what this stuff does. All right? It's amazing. It's amazing. Ah, camera just died, guys. I knew that was coming. But I got one shot. To... All right. Now, as I mentioned before, guys, I like getting into the topics. Um, yeah, like I was doing the, the cultivation tips for a while. Um, gave you some marketing tips last week. Uh, this week, I just kind of want to go in a little bit into the careers in cannabis. Um uh, mainly into the science and research aspect of it um, you know I kind of want to give those who are looking for you know those biologists the chemists the scientists uh, those out there looking to be involved in bio, you know the biology of the world the planet the body the ecosystem uh, those trying to you know benefit people with health, in healthcare and you know, I want to give you guys an idea of the type of, um, things you can do in the cannabis industry with that profession, with that career, uh, with a career and something you may be studying already, whether it's science, biology, chemistry, healthcare, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of aspects to it. There's a lot of different opportunities out there. Um, and we all, I think everybody should know what those opportunities are. So I'm just here to kind of give you an idea of what you can look for if you're, if you're studying science or healthcare, Um, you know. All right. Uh, Damn. All right. First, first, uh, there's four main, four main jobs when it comes to science and research, in my opinion, or four main uh, areas of study that you need to get into if you want to get in the industry or, you know, you want to take your talents and be a part of this industry. So the first is biologists. Obviously, we know that biology is the study of living organisms and the ecology around them. Uh, This includes the study of plant life uh, and the opportunity for a focus on botany, horticulture, genetics, environmental quality, and anything else that might help you synthesize the next great hybrid strains of cannabis. Um, Basically, biologists are important because they understand, like I said, the main aspects of an organism what makes a plant a plant what makes a plant function what makes a plant live uh what makes a plant beneficial to our body um you know as a biologist you learn about those things the human body the anatomy the physiology uh, physiology physiology the pathology of a human being of a human body and you get to see how this plant interacts with that Um, and not even just see you get to help be a part of how this plant interacts with the body uh, as a biologist, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many scientists and biologists out there, um, and sometimes it's hard to get a job in that field, in that area, um, so I recommend looking into cannabis, uh, looking into the industry, seeing what you can do in the industry as a biologist, there's so many different things, so many different positions, uh, let me just give you an idea of what these different, um, positions might look like as for a scientist, uh, or, you know, or a biologist coming out of college looking for a job, again a job, and you want to be part of this new interesting new uh, field. So one of the first things is a field sample technician. Uh, you need some type of degree in that. Uh, you need some type of bio, uh, science degree, biology degree uh, to do this job. Uh, they pay well, forty to fifty-five thousand a year is usually what you can expect. Uh, you know, they the, the technicians are usually on location. Uh, they constantly sampling and, and testing, um, you know, the plant for, uh, for lab studies. Uh, workers in the field need a relevant science degree and usually need a valid license since the position requires travel. Um, that's just a random fact about that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times you can find yourself testing the plants, you know, making sure they're, they're staying within the range of THC limits, especially when it comes to hemp. Um, hemp's a big field because they constantly need to make sure they stay under that uh, 1% of THC limit or, or they can face some uh, some real bad um, penalties. So that's a very important position. Uh, another one is... I got another one here. One second, guys. Extraction lab manager is another one that requires you to have... Uh, a degree in, in science, uh, sixty-five to eighty k a year. Uh, you kind of just manage everything that's going on in the extraction lab. Um, you also have microbiologists. Another, six, you get sixty-six to eighty thousand a year, uh, and they analyze samples, evaluate data, and interpret those findings to management and other team members. Um, like I said, you, and you need at least a bio, a bachelor's degree in microbiology. So, like I said, all those biology students and things like that. Uh, the cannabis industry is booming. It's only going to get bigger. And there's a lot of positions out there for you to make sure, you, you know, you can be involved in this. Tissue culture manager is another one. All right. You have uh, agronomists. You have chief science officers who make anywhere from 150000 to 225000 a year to, to make sure, you know, to uh, oversee all the science research and tech operations that are involved in a cannabis company. Um, it's pretty fucking crazy. And that's a unique opportunity for those interested in the industry, interested in getting a well-paying job, and interested in biology. This is, that's a great thing for you. Now, another area uh, in science and research is healthcare. A wide, um, a wide and expanding field for cannabis-based medical research, therapy, and treatment is on the rise. Uh, the, a degree in healthcare could provide a pathway to advancing opportunities for wellness through medical cannabis, whether as a nurse, a practicing physician, an administrator of a healthcare facility, or a researcher. The main thing I think most healthcare people uh, need to be working on is research. Uh, I think you, uh, if you do are chasing a career in healthcare, uh, be someone that breaks the mold, uh, be someone that wants to research this, the plant. Do uh you know do studies do placebo studies blind studies all these different things with the plant um let's get you know get those those healthcare degrees and put them to use for for the industry uh you'll reap the benefits of that trust me um and not just that you know practicing physician be uh, if you want to be a physician you can do all of the things that a doc normal doctor does but guess what you should be an advocate for cannabis why not be an advocate for cannabis because you're not you'll be able to get Number one, more patients come to you because they know you're not only going to prescribe them uh, pharmaceuticals if they need it, but you also have the option to give them some type of of, of cannabinoid treatment. Also, uh, you're able to give them options, pretty much. Um, what's what they would what would be best for them? You know, that expands your that expands your horizon as a physician, and that it, it entices people to come to you and to see you. Um, especially if you're doing medical licenses and you're helping people get those medical licenses, their medical cards, uh, and things like that, that's, that's not just profitable, but that's beneficial for you and, um, the client or the, co- or the, um, patient, uh, some other, other science and research, um, in cannabis, some other careers in cannabis with involving science and research, uh, political science, uh, Bringing consistency to policy orientation on cannabis will be an increasingly visible public issue as economic prospects become uh, self-evident. Um, a degree in political science can provide you with the qualifications to help guide us towards sensible policies. Uh, the study of political science involves uh, civic action, electoral pol- politics, constitutional law, and public administration, Uh, A degree in political science helps you do more than just defend and interpret the law. Um, Here you can actually work to change it. So in cannabis, um, political science is a really big way to get involved in law. Um, All these companies coming up constantly need um, legal aid, legal help. Uh, They need to know the politics, the political science, uh, like I said, of cannabis and how things are moving with cannabis in order to help change uh, the laws of cannabis. We obviously seen um. You know, cannabis reform happening across the country. Uh, it's taken some time, but it's happening. Um, and you know, more people that use their degrees in political science to push for uh, you know, to push to change laws and push to make a difference in cannabis. Uh, we need we need those people. We need uh, like I said, we need. You know, take those degrees and put them to good use in a in a, in a great re- new industry that's on the up and up, and it's it's not stopping anytime soon. It's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, and the more people that are involved in pull politics, the more people that understand it uh, that can help the industry. Uh, that's just beneficial to 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 not only the consumers, to the to the businesses, and to the to the legal team, to the poli- to the person that's making these changes as well. Uh, you'll reap all the benefits. Um, and last but not least, there's there's another an last position I could think of, is chemistry. Um, all those, everyone that's out there looking at chemistry as a potential path, uh, a career path, um, think about cannabis. Uh, the chemistry underlying underlying the properties and benefits of cannabis is complex um and it's not easy to do um we're starting to understand more and more of it at uh day to day uh and i think chemistry and chemists are the biggest at parts of you know keeping cannabis relevant uh coming up with uh new interesting ways to consume uh different things like that uh So some uh, some of those positions that we have for chemists are pretty interesting. We have tissue culture managers. We have actually um, extraction lab managers who get paid anywhere from sixty five to eighty thousand a year. We have um, we have chemists, tissue culture techs. The chemists get paid anywhere from fifty one to eighty one thousand a year. All right um you obviously need a background or a bachelor's in some of these positions uh like i said uh lead science uh lead science uh sorry chief science officer is another position you know there's just so many different positions out there that you can do with your chemi- your chemistry degree um ch-ch-ch. Hypothesis and questions abound about, around regarding the impacts both positive and negative of chemical elements in cannabis such as THC and CBD, the empirical basis beyond, behind the proclaimed danger or benefits of usage in the soil, water, and environmental conditions that best facilitate cultivation. So chemi- with chemistry, you're studying all these different aspects of growing the plant, soil, water, how it affects the environment, how it affects our air, you know, and we need to, and it helps figure out the best way to grow our cannabis, uh, or the best methods. Um, best, you know, a lot of people like to use different um, chemicals sometimes, um, and pesticides. You know, making sure these things are safe for consumption, safe for people, safe for humans. Um, you know, or seeing if the beneficial, the more beneficial way to grow is organically, um, and not using all these extra extra additives. Um, I think you know, research into the chemistry of the plant is very, very important. And I think the people that are taking the time to learn chemistry would make uh, unbelievable assets to almost any cannabis or hemp uh, company out there. They'd be an incredible asset. Uh, So just something, another thing to think about. Um, Like I said, um, a technician, scientist, researcher, uh, and, you know... For, for some of these big companies are, are something that these companies are willing to, willing to invest in. And I think you should invest in uh, taking the time to look into all that, looking into um, the industry for um, any of these positions. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got for you guys as far as uh, some advice uh, today. Um, careers in, in cannabis involving science and research, the biologists, the healthcare worker, uh, the political science, and the chemistry; those are four main, four main, um, four main subjects, four main degrees that people get. Uh, four main science degrees that people get, especially um, that could be beneficial to cannabis in the industry. Uh, that could provide you a job if you're looking for one—a very, very good-paying job, high-paying job. And most cannabis companies give a hell of a lot of benefits. Um, they know a lot of a lot of them know the that they're illegal at a point federal legal anytime most companies can be shut down so they offer a lot of perks a lot of benefits um when it comes to the industry so definitely i think anyone who's into biology like i said healthcare, uh nursing doctors front us uh physicians um political science lawyers paralegals all these different things chemists um environmental um biologists whatever it may be um I think cannabis and hemp out is a good place to get get your feet wet and to get involved in and to start your career and, uh, so yeah, good luck with that and I hope my advice is something you guys uh, something you guys listen to. All right, guys, it is that time. It is time for the strains of the week. Don't worry, it's not lean. It's just coffee. All right, remember Strains of the Week, brought to you by Leafly.com. Leafly has a, a wide variety, it has a, a, a full database of strains, about over 5,000 strains in their database. Um, so costs, every week I pick about five of them. Um, I discuss them. I discuss the, 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 tea, the cannabinoids, the turpin profiles. And I go into the backstory of it, and you know if it's something that I've personally smoked, I'll go into a little detail on, on the experience I had when I smoked it, uh, and yeah, I'll go from there. All right, first strain of the week, we got Cherry Pie. Cherry Pie is a hybrid. It has a THC of sixteen percent and a CBG of one percent. Its profile is myrcene, carol, uh, carol, carol, Carophylline, Pinin, uh, Carophylline, I think is how you say it. Carophylline, Carophylline, yeah, that's a tough one. Pinin, uh, those are some pretty good ter- profiles. Um, cherry Pie's parents are Granddaddy Purp and F1 Derb. Uh, with buds that are dense and full of orange hairs and a touch of purple, this hybrid strain smells of sweet and sour cherry pie. The effects have been known to to come on in minutes and stick around for a couple hours. So I can attest to that. I actually had some cherry pie. Uh I want to say over the summer I had some of that. A good friend of mine had that. Um now the orange hairs is a definitely a truth statement. Um definitely full of orange hairs. I don't remember too much purple if there was purple in it or not. That's something I'm gonna have to look into again if I ever get it. Definitely can agree with that sweet sour cherry pie smell. Um, It was more like a sweet sour smell though. I mean, I don't really, I don't eat cherry pie. I don't really know what cherry pie smells like. But uh, I definitely got a little sweet sour taste to it. I mean smell. Um, And it was definitely tasty. Um, And I definitely was high for hours. If I had to say so myself, definitely high for hours. Um, Some good stuff though. All right, next, Tahoe OG. Tahoe OG is a hybrid, 18% THC, and it also has a 1% CBG. Uh, The terps are lemonin, carophylline, and myrosine. Tahoe OG, also known as Tahoe OG Kush, is a perfect rainy day marijuana strain. Uh, Strong and fast acting, you may not want to use this strain when you are planning to leave the house. Great for those uh, suffering from insomnia, pain, and lack of appetite. Tahoe Oji has made a name for itself, among other Indicas, a top nighttime strain. It provides extremely lazy, heavy body sensation. Due to super, superb breeding, Tahoe OG embodies all the typical Indica effects with an added euphoric sativa-like kick. This strain features an earthy lemon taste and is a phenotype of OG Kush, maturing at around 10 weeks. Tahoe OG is a must-try, for those looking to get a great night's sleep, so uh, Tahoe G is definitely a, a great uh, hybrid. It's definitely more on the Nika side. Um, I definitely so I mean I could pretty much smoke almost anything, and most of the time I'm gonna, you know, I'm I can get I'm gonna get sleepy even if it's sativa. I get a little sleepy anyways. Um, now what I find the most the biggest difference is the body. So when I feel that body high, um, that's something that really sticks out to me. Um, because like at the end of the day, like I said, West Stevia or hybrid or Indica, I'm always gonna get a little sleepy, a little bit lazy-eyed, uh, things like that. Um, but the ones that give me that body too, that ones that get me to rest and be relaxed, uh, I can definitely agree with that about the Tahoe OG. Um, it was definitely something I enjoyed smoking. Uh, it definitely was, uh, a better nighttime than daytime smoke. Yeah. But I still smoked in the daytime. <laughs> uh, shit. Um, all right. Next, Barry White. Barry White. I love me some Barry White. I've had Barry White a number of times, actually, uh, here and back home. I would have to say back home. It was a little better. Not gonna lie. But the Barry White here was good, too. Um, is an indica with THC of 17% and 1% CBG. Uh, we have that lemon and and carophylline turf profile. Um, Berry white, also known as Berry white, uh, is uh, a hybrid marijuana strain that is off that is the offspring of parents of near ce- celebrity status in the cannabis world. Blueberry and White Widow. Berry White is famous in its own right for its even balanced effect that offer relaxation from stress and anxiety, along with a sense of euphoria. Berry White is a perfect for inspiring and upbeat mood and may lead to conversation and creative pursuits. This plant's flower has a light sour berry and pine smell and a fresh taste similar to their scent. They generally have a strong blue coloring contrasted by orange hairs. So Berry White. Definitely get that sour berry smell and that piney smell. Um, it tastes very similar to how it smells. Very true, very true. One of the very few uh, strains of cannabis that I've actually um, tasted how they smell, um, which I like a lot. When you're when it tastes how it smells, you know they grew that bitch right and they cu- cured it, dried it, all that good stuff right. Um, that's a very big indicator of that. Um, I love, love, love berry white so um yeah berry white that's that good stuff i definitely also recommend trying its parents uh berry and white widow obviously those are some legendary strains like they said um i didn't know that obviously i kind of knew it came from white widow i think um blueberry i didn't think blueberry i don't know why but yummy uh i would like to get all three of those strains in a room. yeah very white ladies and gentlemen next we have one of my favorite strains probably of all time mr fucking nice guy all right it's not in the name it's just mr nice guy but one of my favorite strains i tried this strain probably back in over 11 years ago was probably one of the first times i tried this mr nice guy um, it's an indica, 70% THC, carol, phylline, and lemonin are the terp profile. Mr. Nice Guy, also known as Mr. Nice, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Nice. Those are all spelled M-I-S-T-E-R. <laughs> if you're wondering why I said the same thing multiple times, is <laughs> an indica. It's an indica marijuana strain made by crossing G13 and hash plant. Mr. Nice poss- produces effects that. Are mellow and put consumers into a state of bliss. The strain has a sweet smell and taste. Growers say Mr. Nice has extremely dense buds, which it did. Uh this strain has named in honor of Howard Barks, the Oxford graduate who became one of the biggest cannabis smugglers of our time. After this time, ta- after his time in federal prison, Howard released his autobiography entitled Mr. Nice. Medical marijuana patients choose Mr. Nice to help reveal uh relieve symptoms. Associated with depression, so I'll tell you what, Mr. Nice Guy was a great fucking strain, uh, it was a fucking dankiest, some of the dankiest butt I've ever tried, I've had some recently too, but it's not the same as it was back in the day, uh, when I first got that, like, almost 10 years ago, I'm telling you, I was probably, like, 20, 21, maybe, I think I was younger than that, probably 19, I was, you know, um, my plug had fucking some Really good, really good Uh Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, my God. I remember the buds. It was so They were so dense, but they were fucking huge, bro. Like, I had a bud like this one time. It was almost a whole half. A whole half. It was like that. Bro, I tell you that Mr. Nice Guy was fucking amazing, and it was so stinky, and it really did help. <laughs> it did lift me up. I'll tell you that right now. I was not depressed then. <laughs> But yeah, the the Mr. Nice Guy is definitely one of my favorite strains I've ever smoked. Uh, and I'm glad I was able to talk about it a little bit today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy, one of the best stories I had was when I smoked it um, when I was working at the mall. I used to work in the mall out in Dartmouth. Um, and I used, to take a, I used to take a little break out in the back when no one could see me. And I used to puff back then. I remember I had some Mr. Nice Guy. And I had smoked i had smoked so much and i had had to drive the little floor washer that night um i drove it probably for about 5 minutes maybe less um and when i got to like the little it was like a wavy part towards the mall in the mall i told my brother that we needed to switch jobs that he needs to be driving this tonight cuz i can't <laughs> Um, but it was definitely a uh, it was definitely a great time, a great high, um, and one of my favorite strains. Um, all right, last but not least, also very very good strain. I also had this strain almost ten year over ten years ago, uh, Sweet Tooth, another one of my favorite strains. Indica, eighteen uh, percent THC, one percent CBG, trips on myrcene, and pinin. Sweet Tooth is an indica marijuana strain made by crossing Hawaiian and Nepali. Sweet Tooth provides uplifting and euphoric effects that are great for combating stress and headaches. Growers say the colas Colas on the strain are candy coated with trichomes. This strain was awarded first place at the Cannabis Cup in 2001. So this was one of my favorite strains, Sweet Tooth. Also very, very dank, stinky smell. Um... There wasn't much on the smell or anything here um but it was it was really something special i would say it was kind of uh very skunky ish back in the day type skunkish with a lemon definitely had more of a lemon i thought um or maybe it's that pine that pine and smell i'm smelling i'm thinking of um very stanky piney, piney you know um that was that was very good strain though i love that strain Uh, Sweet tooth, also very big buds, dense buds, as I remember. Um, It was a long time ago, like I said, over 10 years ago. Uh, But it was a great strain, definitely worth trying, worth getting. Um, By the way, if you go on Leafly, guys, and you look up all these strains, um, Leafly has the whole database, and they even have the places where you can possibly find the strains at different dispensaries across the country, uh, wherever you can think of. Um, Leafly's database is pretty fucking legit. Um, and that's why I give them a shout out every time I do these strains. Most of this information comes from their site, the THC, the terp profiles, the stories. Um, and I just able to spit them to you guys. So big shout out to Leafly. Hopefully they fucking hear this one day and they help me out with sharing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, big shout out to them. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, guys, because uh, I need to keep doing my strains of the week. Uh, and with 5,000 uh strains and more being created every fucking day uh i think i'll never run out of strains to talk about thanks to you guys all right and that is our episode guys episode two down in the books super happy super excited um again we went over an hour i'm probably gonna have to chop some of this up take some of the spots where i had to switch the camera out of here and all that other stuff uh but thanks for tuning in guys Um again we are on multiple platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, um, and Audible. All right. All these different platforms that you can tune in. Videos are coming soon. All right. Um, Check us out. um, Make sure you follow us at Can We Talk at C-A-N-W-E-T-A-L-K. Can we talk? There's two ends in that. All right. Big shout out to anyone can anyone can holdings. All right, Uh, go follow them too, at e the number one, C-A-N-N. All right, give them a follow too, give them a holler, a like, a share. Um, And also, guys, check out canacarepackage.net. We have some cool merchandise out there. I'm dropping uh, tonight, I'm going to be dropping four new pieces of apparel for uh, Can We Talk are going to be on there. All right, some new sweaters, some new shirts, and some new accessories. Uh, so check it out, uh, canacarepackage.net. That's C-A-N-N-A-C-A-R-E-P-A-C-K-A-G-E.dot.net. all right, and also check them out at canacarepackage at canacarepackage. All right, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Give them a follow, give them a like. Uh, take advantage. We got fifty percent off in the in the, in the clothing store. You got twenty five percent off if you subscribe early for the package. Uh, we got CBD products coming soon to the store. We got accessories coming soon to the store. So stay tuned for all that, guys. Super, super excited for everything that's to come for Anyone Can, for Can We Talk, for Can to Care Package. Be on the lookout. Um, email, you know, uh, Check out the website, anyonecan.com. Uh, put your email in there if you want to be part of the Can We Talk newsletter. Uh, deal's always coming out. Um, new uh, information about new episodes always coming out new merchandise new products um, and staying up to date with the cannabis industry man we post art we post newsletters every week uh, just to keep you guys informed and let you know what's going on in the industry so you have two forms of it you have me talking to you all day and you got the newsletter Uh, so yeah man that's all I got and thanks for tuning in guys Uh, tune in next week for another new episode and let's keep talking